right, man. Here, let me uh silence computer. I'm good, dude. Good to go. Word. Zach Davis, everybody. What's up? All right, man. You're telling me about uh the best place to eat, and you said your kitchen. Oh, bro, 100% my kitchen. When yeah. I, Who does the cooking? Me. Yeah. So uh, my dad is from Louisiana, so I got all the. I'm telling you, I make the the best gumbo you've ever had in your life, from scratch. So Damn. my dad taught me how to do all the Cajun cooking. Uh, my grandpa taught me how to grill and smoke. Um, my grandmother taught me how to do all like the country cooking, you know. Damn, that's awesome. And then my mom taught me how to cook a whole lot of food for really cheap. So, you know, I kind of got a mix of, you know, everything. You know, Can you bring that mic, sorry, down just a little bit. Yeah. Like that? Yeah, that'll get you right. That'll cool. get you perfect. So, yeah, so we, um, so I learned to cook from a lot of different people growing up. And Dude, that's legit that's yeah. the best man yeah i told myself if music doesn't work out i'm 100 percent opening a, a restaurant yeah. what's your favorite thing to cook oh um man probably gumbo it's it's long it's tedious but what, it, it's, what, what is it about gumbo like what's so um well i mean first off i i put i put shrimp and i like to put crawfish in mine um so it's more like a seafood gumbo i guess but uh you know with a gumbo you have to make a roux and so a roux is, you know, what I do is I brown my sausage first. Okay. And I get all that grease from the sausage. I put a little more oil in there. Yeah. And you put uh, flour in that, and you literally have to cook the flour in oil mixture until it's a dark brown. Dude, it takes 40, 45 minutes. So you have, once it gets to the right color, yeah, that's when you start putting all your... You know, your chicken. I mean, first off, you put your trinity in there. It's what we call the trinity. So it's um, onion, bell pepper, celery. And then with your trinity, you have the pope, which is garlic. Oh, that's funny. So yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll brown down your vegetables, and then you'll add your garlic. Then you put chicken stock in there. And then from your chicken stock, then you you know you make your gumbo. But, it man, when I make good homemade gumbo... It takes about two hours, but it's, I'm telling you, it's the it's best freaking good. thing you've ever eaten Dude. in your life. So you, when do you cook that? you use it for like special occasions? Um, I normally, I just cook it whenever my wife says she wants it. Because, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, I mean, she, she, she's a very picky eater, um, so her whole life she didn't really like eat a whole lot of different things, and now that she's married to me, you know, I've made her try some things or tried certain deals or whatever, you know, and... And she loves my gumbo, dude. She yeah. absolutely loves it. And my dad, like mine's great. My dad's is phenomenal. Out I don't. He won't. He won't teach me whatever his small little tricks are to make it just that much better. Yeah. Um. So it kind of drives me nuts. But do you experiment at all every time you put it in? Do you ever try like? Oh yeah. Let me try this little thing. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, like one time, um, like you know, you put like chicken bouillon cubes and stuff yeah. in there. One time I was like, well, what if my dad doesn't use chicken bouillon? You know, what if he used it? So I tried it with beef bouillon. It still tasted really good, but it wasn't as good. And I was yeah. like, well, that's not it. And so I'll do like, you know, little things like, oh, well, maybe add a paprika here. Or, 
you know, maybe this seasoning or that seasoning. I'll try little things, and it never tastes as good as my dad. I yeah. don't know what he does. It's different, but it's fantastic. You know, sometimes it just tastes better because somebody else did it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm dude. not the one over the stove. Exactly. <laughs> dude, that's exactly right. Yeah, I yeah. can feel that. I can understand that. All right, Zach. So what I want to know is also, uh, also thank you for coming on and yeah, no hanging problem. out. No we had a right before, and it was, it was good, quick. It was sweet. Both feeling yeah. the same vibe and for sure. both on the same uh, frequency for that. Um, how'd you get? Wh- what was your path to to music? Not to Nashville yet, but to music. Like, how did you get to be Zach Davis, the uh, the person that is now playing music? Yeah, for sure. So, growing up, um, everybody in my family is musical. Um, my mom plays piano. My dad um, played piano until so he used to he used to build cabinets so he played piano until he accidentally cut his finger off. Yeah, what he was, finger thumb? No, he, well, yeah, the tip of his thumb and then his whole no way. pointer finger with a saw. Yeah, yeah, he was pushing something through a table saw and it caught a knot and it took it right off. So, uh, but he played piano, Ooh. but my dad's voice is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, he was actually doing the whole music thing, um, and that's what he wanted to do as a career until he found out that my mom was pregnant with me because I'm the oldest. And so whenever he found out my mom was pregnant, he was like, you know what, I'm going to go be a dad. I wasn't going to make it anyway, blah, 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 blah. And he's got a phenomenal voice, uh, 10 times better than me. And then my little brother um, is a great singer. So... My dad was a music minister in church. Yeah. So, my dude, my whole life, my dad had us singing in church. And like as as far back as I can remember, Sunday mornings, I was singing specials at a Southern Baptist church somewhere, you know? So, that was really kind of like um, my start. Yeah. You know, with music. And then when I got a little older, um, I just fell in love with like just music. It wasn't just country music or just whatever it was like every kind of music i found something in every different type of music that i fell in love with you know yeah my papa listened to my papa's a big willie nelson fan uh so he listened to willie all the time but you know those older country music guys so i got yep. you know i loved with those with that music i loved the steel guitar that, that was my my big thing i fell in love with and then 90s music you know, I, I fell in love with Garth Brooks and Brooks and Dunn. Travis Tritt was my hero growing up. Really? Oh, dude. His song, I'm Gonna Be Somebody, is like my life anthem, you know? I was just thinking about that song the other day. Yeah. You can bet your hard-earned dollar. I will. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I play that song at all of my shows. Um, and then my my dad introduced me to, he was a big 70s and 80s rock guy. So, you know, Led Zeppelin. Uh, Guns N' Roses, stuff yeah. like that, Poison. You know, I listened to all of those bands with him. And then my mom, and I know this is weird, but my mom was like, she was she was my, my bit of culture outside of being like, you know, like a down-home redneck kind of thing, you know? So my mom was a big fan of rap music and Brian McKnight, which I'm a huge Brian McKnight fan. Yeah. First time I ever heard Brian McKnight, my mom had gotten home early from work one day and she was watching Oprah and Oprah had 
which I didn't know at the time. I just saw this guy sitting at a piano, but it was Brian McKnight. And he was playing the intro to Back at One. Oh, <laughs> dude could rip a piano. And so I fell in love with you know, R&B. And then I was a big Chris Brown fan, you know, when I was younger. And then the first rap song I ever heard was Riding Dirty by Chameleonaire. My oh, mom, yeah. Yeah, dude. My mom, my mom played that song for me one that day. That was your first one? Dude, that was my first ever rap song I ever heard. <laughs> and so I remember I was a kid. I, dude, I was in like fifth grade, too. Yeah. So I'm like... I'm like rolling up in the school, you know, just riding dirty, you know, like, and all my friends are like, bro, are you okay? I'm like, no, nah, bro. Like, I'm a gangster now, bro. <laughs> and it just, and that, you know, I went through my little phase with, you know, rap music and stuff like that. And, uh, I wanted, you know, a Chevelle with, you know, 30 inch rims on it and, you know, slick ass tires or whatever, you know, and dude, they were cool. Like I looking back now, like if you see the cars that, you're like, how the fuck did I think that was cool? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck was I thinking? Oh, it's just funny now because I look back at stuff like that that I like. And now I drive, you know, a big lifted Ram, you know, yeah. and it's just like, what was I ever, ever thinking? You know, something about it, man. Something about the big tires and yeah. stuff. You're, you, we were, I mean, they just seem cool. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. Whatever, whatever's cool at that time. We're gonna for we, sure. We yeah. Wanna, like flow to that. Yeah. But yeah. So that was kind of that was kind of what you know piqued my interest. You know, because I was a football player. Yeah. I loved playing football. That was, I was my goal in life was I was going to the NFL. You know, and then when I got hurt and I couldn't play football anymore, um, you know, I got like I had like nine concussions. It was really bad, and I tore my ACL for the second time, and you know, I couldn't play ball anymore, and I was like. You know who who am I? Like who is Zach Davis? When was this? Uh, twenty fifteen, my second year of college. Yeah. yeah. So before that, you didn't really have any um, desire to to play music, no? No, you, I, dude. Did I you was know a football to, player. Did you know how it. to play guitar or anything? Uh, yeah, I picked up a guitar when I was like, cause when I got hurt that time, I was like twenty. So I had I'd been messing around with guitar for like. I got my first one when I was 16. Yeah. 15. 15 or 16. So I'd been messing around with the guitar for four or five years, you know, but it wasn't, I wasn't any good at it. You know, you, I'm still not a just great like, guitar player. You but. were just like, oh, here's this thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I had fooled around with, you know, uh, like writing some things, you know, trying to. And then I'd be like, oh, dude, I'm trash. And I would just throw it away. And it was really cool. Like, you know, a couple of years ago, I went back and I looked at all, because I had them all saved in my phone. Yeah. And all that first stuff that I started originally writing, yeah. I went back and like actually like, now that I've kind of learned how to write a song, which you always get better with that, obviously. But For sure. You know, I, I went back and I really fixed some of the songs and some of them turned out to be pretty damn good songs. So. Yeah. But yeah, so I had been fiddling with it, you know, and um, I, I didn't think I was going to, take it and make a career out of it by yeah. any means i i was just gonna go home being farm boy that's what i was gonna do you know get some raggedy little day job and then my papa had a farm back home so i was gonna work his farm in the mornings and evenings and then have a day job during the day that's what's up you know have babies and whatever you know live the life live the life yeah, man. yeah yeah that was that was the after i got hurt man that was kind of the that was the plan where'd you go to school uh College. Like college? Uh, University of Central Arkansas. Conway, Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. 
and you went for football or did you have like a degree in mind that you were like oh. so um business management it was biology oh so shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so my um my dad and you know his family had convinced me that i needed to go to med school and so that's what i was going to do i was going to go to med school and uh, cuz bro bro when you when you're there like playing ball and stuff and which I, you know, I was a, like, I, I didn't have like a full ride scholarship or anything like that. Um, but, you know, dude, you know, you're the cool guy in class kind of, you know, like people do your freaking work for you, bro. I'm not even gonna lie about it. Like there was so much help that I got, you know, really? in bro, high school and college. That's I got wild. so much help doing that. And, um, Bro, I, my first my first couple of years in college, bro, were were easy. They were a breeze. I got A's and everything because I found some either really smart guy or some cute cheerleader that was smart, and I had her help me with my stuff. You know what I mean? Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and so my grades were fantastic. But then, you know, when I didn't have that anymore, bro, I didn't learn anything at first. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And man, I just I hated. I I'm a terrible reader. Uh. I'm a trash reader. Um, like when I was in high school, my reading level was like eighth grade. So <laughs> and I don't know why. Like I can read something. It's not the reading part that's hard. It's the remembering what I just read for yeah, whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. So I can sit there and read something and read something. And I'll be like, dang, what did that say? And I have to go back and read it and read it. And I'm like, man, this is just hard. I think that's that's probably more people than what you expect. Oh, I, I guarantee it. Because it's, it's not... Yeah, I just think it's more people than what you expect because it's fucking... Who wants to do that when you're a kid? Yeah. You're like, yeah. what the fuck? And like the people that are good at it, obviously, you know, they can... They're they're great at it. But man, when you're a kid and you're like, what the fuck did I say? Why is this important? Yeah. Because then you have this... You're already talking to yourself while you're reading. You're like... <laughs> yeah. You're like, this is stupid. Yeah. Why the fuck do I need to know this? Yeah. All right, I guess and I so. Think, and I think, too, man, like, we were... I know, especially, yeah, I mean, I'm 27, so that that first, I was, I feel like I was kind of that first generation where, you know, we had the PlayStations, and the PlayStation 2 came out, and, which, I, you know, my parents made me play outside a whole lot as a kid, too, yeah. but but we had, when we were inside, we had more interesting and fun things to do than read a book. Yeah, dude. You know? I was just talking to somebody, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, about, like, you know how, you know how in this for us growing up, it was like the the Xbox and stuff. The video games were pleasure. Like that that technology was like a supposed to be like a pleasure, like a like you a, a grateful thing, right? You know, like you can't make any money off it, but it's like it should be fun for you, right? And then working hard, like physical hard, was the like actual work, right? So you work and then you do this. Now it seems like with kids, it's almost, I, I don't know. I'm not a kid and I don't have any kids. I don't, I don't fucking know, but it seems like what if the actual work part is now technology and the pleasure, pleasure part of it, um, is the physical work. Yeah. I could see that. Like, I, I think we look at it that way, you know, yeah. technology is not such a bad gimmick. Yeah. Well, I, I know that, you know, cause I've got, my mom has, so I've got I've got three little siblings. Noah, um, he's out in LA. He's killing it. Dude, <laughs> killing it out there, bro. 
Um, but I've got two much younger siblings, so my mom had some uh-oh babies in life, yeah. you know what I mean? So my little sister, Addison, is 20 years younger than what I am. Oh, and, no way. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> she's uh, she's seven years old. She's in second grade, I think, first or second grade. Yeah. So, but, dude, she, they those two kids are always playing video games or you know, on a tablet or, and they're learning yeah. while they're doing it on a lot of these games and stuff. But, but I'll tell you right now, my little brother, Tanner, he's, he, he's about to turn 12. Mm-hmm. That kid can whoop my ass in any sports game on a, on a, on a, on a gaming system. Yeah. It's, and it's the first time, you know, I sat down, like I used to kick his butt all the time, you know, like it was no big deal. And then once he like started to understand the buttons and understand the games, Bro, I went home. The last time He's I went gone. home, yeah. dude, I, he was like, hey, let's uh, let's play baseball. I'm like, all right, yeah, let's play baseball. Dude, we're sitting there. We're playing, you know, the show. And this kid is up. Like, it's the sixth inning, and he's it's like 15 to 3. And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on, bro? And, they're, dude, they're just good at it. They're just good at it, man. They have a different understanding of it. Yeah. You yeah. Know, a different relationship to it that it's just like a tractor or a car or a motorcycle. Like, Whatever you're doing, like if you're on it, you're gonna understand it better if you've been right. doing it for so much longer. And it's, I get it. That's, it's crazy to think. Just in the past twenty years, what it's what it's done, what it's oh, taken yeah. off to. Dude, when I was nine, my my papa, you know, like I said, my papa has a farm in yeah. Southwest Arkansas. When I was nine years old, I knew how to drive a stick shift tractor, like a, a standard tractor. Yeah. If you if you I was I was driving I was driving a standard farm truck when I was eleven. If you told my little brother at eleven years old to do that right now, I, I don't know how to drive. Yeah, and it's just like you said, the last twenty years. You know that was that was twenty years ago for me. You know I was driving yeah. crap. You know whatever. And the, the in twenty years, there's been such a massive change in the interest of kids. It's unreal. Yeah, it's that double-edged sword, man. Like, between Definitely. technology, it's like, you know, it's good. Because how much has it helped with? But it's uh, it's just like any other addictive thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if you, don't, if you don't actually put it to use, it's just going to be a detriment. And right. Yeah. All right. It is what it is. But I don't even know how we got here. Uh, uh, the, music, the music. The music. Yeah. Music, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, you go. You're... Oh, you said biology and yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're in biology in college. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Did you complete it? No, no. Right. So um, UCA, the college I went to, which was a great school. Uh, I just wasn't a great student. Yeah. You know, um, I also joined a fraternity. Uh, I was the president of said fraternity. <laughs> um, I was I was a professional beer drinker yeah. in college, dude. I was great at it. And so, um, I, and, and, and I wish knowing what I know now, you know, and being a lot more, uh, being a lot more mature, I wish I could go back and actually study a little bit. Um, but they had what was called the UCA forgiveness and you could forgive, like you, if you took a class and failed it, you, I think you got like three chances on like for whatever class you wanted to use it on, but you could forgive three classes. What does that mean? So like, like 
for instance, this is exactly what happened to me. So I went and I took, uh, some, I think it was like biochem something, biochem two or something like that. It was a hard class. It was like the class you took after organic chemistry two. Like yeah. this is top notch stuff. Like I said earlier, I didn't pay attention in organic one or two. Oh yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, and I didn't pay attention or, or biochem one. So here I am in biochem two and I have failed this class completely. And we're not even talking close. Like <laughs> it's bad. So I go to the school and I'm like, Hey, I want to use one of my forgiveness passes. And they're like, all right, cool. So they take that class off. Oh, like my, off your GPA. Yeah. shit. I see. Okay. Yeah. So that it was like, I never took that class yeah, before. Yeah. Take it for the second time. Fail it. <laughs> like, not even close. Hey, I want to forget. <laughs> All right. Take it off. So third time. So I can technically take the class two more times. Yeah. But I take it the third time, and I fail it. And I'm like, you know, I call my mom. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I have read, I have read this same exact textbook <laughs> 40 times through, and I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. And she's like, well, maybe med school is just not for you. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it's not. And dude, we're talking, this is my senior year. I've, I have now been there oh, for no. five years. Yeah. So I can't take any more. Like this is, this is the last prerequisite class I have to take to be able to go to med school. I've taken all the other ones. I've taken electives to go towards med school. Like going to the hospitals and following the doctors around to see which one of the different types of doctors I want to be. <laughs> like I've done everything except this class. Oh my god. And couldn't pass it. And so I was like, you know what? I love football. I'm just gonna go I'm gonna change my major at my freaking fifth year of college. And I'm gonna go I only needed a few more classes. I'm gonna be a football coach. Oh okay. so so what I did was I did my degree in biology because this other class wasn't a biology prerequisite to graduate. Yeah. And so then I was like, hey, I want to teach biology and PE. Oh, okay. So we kind of switched some stuff around. Yeah. So then I was like, dude, I'm loving these classes. You know, that was my fourth year. So the second semester of my fourth year is when I switched everything. And they're like, man, you got, you're, you'll need four semesters left. So five and a half years, not that bad. People go to school for eight years. You know what I mean? Five and a half years, you'll have your degree. You'll be able to go out and be a coach and a, and, a, and a teacher. Word. Got it. So, I do three more semesters. And I've got like, or two, I did two more semesters. So, I've got like another year left, right? Yeah. And then they called me and they're like, hey, um, by the way, you um, you've maxed out your... The student loan that you signed up for when you were a freshman, you can no longer borrow money off that. I was like, okay, well, what are my other options? They start telling me all these other options with interest rates of freaking 20% and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. So what's my other option? She's like, well, you can pay for it. I was like, okay. Well, we, me and my family, we grew up poor, dog. So yeah. I'm thinking, I was like, all right, I, dude, I had never looked at any of my school bills. Oh, really? So I don't, I don't, I don't, dude, at the time, I didn't even know how much in debt, which 
I was only like $35,000 in debt, which is not terrible for what a lot of kids go to college yeah, for. Yeah, For five years or whatever you four, like, Yeah, four, four and, and a half at the time. Yeah. So, um, I was like, all right, you know. I was like, how, you know, how much does a semester of college cost? Yeah. And, you know, without, without any, because I couldn't use the state. I had used up my allowance on the lottery scholarships and the scholarship that UCA offered because I had good grades coming out of high school. Yeah. I ran out of that, you know, <laughs> so I don't have any other scholarships or anything. So I was like, how much does one semester with no scholarships, nothing, how much cash money does that cost? Oh, you know, about 10,000, 10,000, like 10 G's. Yeah. And she's like, <clears throat> yeah. And I was like, nah, no, I called my mom. I said, Hey, I'm dropping out of college. <laughs> I'd been there for five years almost. And I dropped out right then. I'm like, I'm like 20 hours away from having a bachelor's degree. Yeah. But if I had to go back to college, dude, I would be so upset with myself. I really would. I hated it so much. Yeah, man. I mean, that's, we actually have a friend, Sydney. She is, uh, well, she was in a nursing program here at, uh, Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. And she started the semester, started like two, a week ago. And she calls Lauren and she's like, Lauren's basically her mom. She treats her like her mom. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know what to do. And she ends up she ends up dropping out, but she's like, This is fucking not for me. Like, I thought I wanted to do this, but this all these classes, like, I'm not interested. And she she talks to like her teachers, her advisors and everything. They're like they're like, Yeah, why the fuck do you do you think we got out of actually nursing and went to teaching? Yeah. Because <laughs> nursing like nursing that was for sucks. the birds, man. We yeah. don't fucking want to do that. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. It's to, college is for sure not for everybody, and 100%. man, it is a, it's a, oh man, it's a tough, it's a tough gig, college, mm -hmm. because right now you got so much information out there in the world mm -hmm. that you know they sold it, they sold everything pretty well. Like, go to college so you can get a house. Yep. And then, you know, basically what happened was like that was doable, and then the government was like, well, let's have more people go to college, which isn't bad, because on the whole of things. In order to have a better country, you need less losers, right? Right, 100%. So you're like, ah, let's just give people more money, a chance. Well, what really happened was, I don't know, whoever sold the government that idea to subsidize loans for them, man, they hook, line, sinker, because what's that do? Now the college is like, well, we're guaranteed the government money. So yeah, now so we're just going to jack up this yeah. price, right? And then they're like, uh, yeah, how much do you think we can get away with? And they're like, well, who the fuck cares? They're coming anyway <laughs> yeah. because we just so we sold the dream, and they don't give a shit how much they're paying for it as long as their kid is going to college. That's right. And now it's like they're in oodles of debt. And now you know where's that? Where's the government come from? Government money come from taxpayers, okay? And then this whole like taxpayer forgiveness. It's like we're paying taxpayer money to send the kids to school, which is whatever you know. And or what it's taxpayer backed, and then we're also paying the taxpayers paying to forgive some of their loans. Mm -hmm. It's like why not just take away both those things? Two negatives are not going to equal a positive here, right. you know. Just like take that shit away. It's it's crazy, but it's just that dream got sold so hard. And yep. because I mean, you know, our parents grew up blue collar, blue grew yeah. up like 
not having to do it with their hands. And then you see the people with the jobs that went to college and they're like, I want that for my kid. Yeah. Not realizing that uh, it's actually shit. Yeah. You know? And I think, you know, if I could, which I made some of the best friends and some of the best relationships, you know, in college. For so sure. Yeah. I don't want anybody of those people that hear this. I don't want, you know, them to think that, you know, you don't matter. But if I could go back and do it all over again, knowing what I know now, <laughs> if I could somehow still make the same friends that I made, yeah, I would not go to college. Because, yeah. dude, if I, I could have gone to welding school. I was a great welder in high oh, school. Oh, yeah, dude. I could have gone to welding school. I could have gone to some kind of, I could have been a plumber or whatever else. Do you know how much, I mean, look at what, dude, just for some guy to come fix a leaky sink in my house the other day, 150 bucks. I was going to say 175 yeah. Dude, you know how much plumbers freaking make, bro? And then if, you, then if you're business savvy, well, hell, what you can do is go be a plumber for 10 years and then say, oh, hey, by the way, I'm just, I want to start my own business. Let me go take online classes with this money that I've already saved and earned to be more business savvy. And then I'm going to open up a plumbing business. Now you're not yep. in debt because you had the money to pay for it. Dude, it's you know it's it's bro, it's crazy. Well, I think that's what will eventually happen, right? We're gonna get out of that age of of accruing debt, and then the kids, those kids that have kids, are gonna be like, no, 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 look, this is a better option right. for you. I mean, oh yeah, the the so do you remember Bad Baby? <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude. As funny as as we want to make her make it out to be she's opening up her own program it's it's combined with somebody she partnered with somebody but basically to give back to like other communities and send kids to tech schools really unreal right that's crazy i didn't know that i think it's that's respectable i don't 100%. have i don't have somebody look it up for me but i'm pretty sure it's like a million she has like a million dollars that is gonna go towards sending kids to to doing tech schools and to wow. doing trades, yeah, that's impressive, unreal, right? Yes, you're and but it's, you, well, you think bad baby, you think like a terrible ass kid, you yeah, know? like bad baby, that's the girl that said, "Catch me outside." Yeah, how about yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> so that dude, but that's cool though. That's cool. Hey, it's genius though, man. Like that's exactly what you know. I, I mean, uh, I love it. Even Elon, do you remember when Elon Musk? He was like, I don't. When they were talking about hit the people he hires, it's like, I don't give a shit. He didn't say give a shit. He's like, I don't care where you go to school. I don't even care if you have a degree. If you can do this better than other people. Right. If no, you're, I want you. Exactly. Yeah. If you're a welder that welds in your house and you're doing it phenomenally, phenomenally, and you can prove it, Yeah. I want you. I don't care if you went to school. I don't care where you learned it. Right. If you can do it better, why not have that? Because... You're gonna have a different viewpoint than somebody that went to the same college as right. like, like. But what we're saying about friends is, man, I would take you can take that same experience and just live life, and still make awesome friends. Oh, for sure, dude. For sure. And still be still be a twenty year old, still be like early twenties of where you're just you're you're figuring out what life is. You know, you're figuring yeah. out how to how to gather good people in your life and understand relationships for sure and think about how much better you could do that with a little money in your pocket you know what i mean dude i i I remember so many times when i was in college and i'm calling mom and i'm calling nani and papa about hey 
Like, I want to go out to dinner with my friends, but I literally have 15 cents in my freaking bank account. Can I borrow $20? Yeah. You know? And it was just like, think about, you know, you go to tech school, you get a job doing whatever it might be. You're padding your pocket. Maybe you still live with mom and dad until you're 21, whatever. So you're you're literally stacking cash. Yep. Think about the experiences <laughs> that you can have in life, especially a lot younger. Dude, travel. That's one thing I wish I could do. Dude, I want to go see the whole entire world. You know, like that's one of my dreams. I just I want to go everywhere. So, but think about if I didn't have, you know, if I'd been stacking cash since I was 19 years old, instead of getting in college debt and doing this and that, you know, the life experiences that you can have, you know, yeah. and then make and grow those friends and those, like those same organic friendships, just not through college. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it's something. Because you, you just, I don't know, life is, life is funny like that, man. I remember. Hindsight's um, twenty twenty. Yeah. I remember when I was, uh, I played hockey and I took a, what? Hockey? Yeah. That Dude, <laughs> for, I can't skate, first off. <laughs> but I, I always think it would be funny to see me try to play hockey. Because <laughs> I have no balance at all. And I feel like trying to watch my fat ass go down some ice. You know, we can make it happen, man. Yeah, I don't we know about all that, but I, anyway, I, that's interesting. I've never yeah. met, I've never met someone that like played hockey. So that's, I don't th- that's I think you probably met more than what you thought. <clears throat> you yeah, think? There's a lot of people down here in Nashville that play hockey. Maybe it's just really? that the universe is attracting them to me or something. But maybe, yeah. <laughs> but so I played hockey and then I got hurt. Um, so they have a league. Uh, it's a it's an age group called juniors. It's sixteen to twenty one. It's basically the maturation process for hockey players. So, like take football. Football's maturation process is college. Right. Big stage, big field. Like it's legit. Now, it um, for hockey, it's juniors. It just they want you a little older to be able to handle what the actual game is at the pro level. And out and also handle life like either way, one way or another. Um, I played juniors and um, I got hurt, so I was like, "Well, I don't know what the fuck to do." So I did, uh, you know, welding, like blue collar job, yeah. steel manufacturing, steel fabrication, I should say. And um, and I remember getting a paycheck. It was nothing, but I remember getting it, and I was like, "Man." I could get a loan for a house with this. It was literally nothing. Like they paid me. The only reason I got the job is because that's where my dad worked. He's like, yeah, you, you got, you can do this, like learn this from this guy. And, and I remember looking at a paycheck and I was like, Oh fuck, I could like get a house. And I actually applied for a house and they're like, yeah, we just need like, we need you to have that job for just like two more months. And then you could apply for this loan. And it was legit. Nothing. It was like maybe 15 an hour. And they're like, we can get you this house. It was like, it was like 175, but now, but now I'm like, if I did that now, I could barely afford an apartment. Yep, it's cra- It's it's insane. It's wild. Did, well, yeah, it, it's crazy, but I think it just goes to show, like, uh, man, if you don't work for, if you have the opportunity, opportunity, and you can work for yourself, fucking buy in on that. Yeah. It, as much as you can buy in on that because you can fail at something you don't want to do and you get laid off from GM Chrysler all those yeah. places um, but as long as you have your own work ethic man you can nobody can quit that right. nobody can put a stop on that yeah it's funny that it's funny you say that because 
me and my buddy Jeremy were actually talking about this yesterday. He moved out to North Carolina to start a lawn care business. Yeah. And, um, and he's succeeding, you know, very well. Doing him and his brother, they own the business together. And like you said, it goes back, you know, it goes back to your work ethic. You know, I mean, yep. there's there's a million people that own lawn care businesses. And how successful those businesses are is, hey, are you at these people's houses giving them a bid? You know, oh, I already have someone that mows my lawn. Well, <clears throat> can I do it for cheaper than what they do? Yeah. You know, and it's it's that, it's, you know, that whole thing. And I've never, um, I've never had a job like that other than music. Yeah. You know, so like, you know, I, and a lot of times it doesn't work. You know, I still have a day job, obviously. So, but I go to these places, hey, you know, like these, whatever, you know, music shows, venues. Hey, I know you have this person that does music, but if you ever have a free day, let me do it. And it's just like, why should we? You know, you don't have any experience or whatever, you know, and it's, it's so hard. I, it's so hard to, especially, especially in Nashville, because there's so many talented people here. The idea. Writers. Yeah. Just... Bro, and it's it's so hard to sit here and say, well, this is the reason I'm better when you're literally, I'm competing against you. I'm competing against everybody else out there that can play the hell out of a guitar and sing the hell out of a song. Yep. And, you know, and you, and you write with these people and you grow to love these people and they're friends and they're going through the same struggles as you, you know? And it's, bro, this town is, when it comes to, when it comes to finding that career that you can really... That you're not going to get laid off from, which I I always thought, <clears throat> man, it's entertainment. Everybody loves entertainment. Then all of a sudden, COVID came around and proved me 100% wrong, you know, which that was just a weird circumstance. And so it's just, you know, it's like you said, like, I'm I'm never going to lay myself off, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's marketing yourself and pitching yourself the right way a lot of times, too. Dude, it's <clears throat> the COVID one. Um Man, I COVID was actually one of my best years. Really? Yeah. I and I thankfully I had a crew and I had the I don't know how I just, it just popped in my head. I got really innovative and uh, we made it happen. But, but uh, yeah, that whole marketing idea and just understanding you're a product. You're you're selling right. yourself. You got to be good at selling yourself. And it's not, I like what you said. You're like, all these other dudes can play and sing so much better. But it's like, if you can be like, look, they can play, they can sing, they can do whatever. But I bring, I bring that community. Right. Like, I bring that relationship where when they come into the bar, I'm going to make them feel like home. Right. You can't get that with, with somebody that's so focused on a good voice and playing. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, they're good. But will they make you laugh? Will they make you feel like shit? Right. This was my best <laughs> yeah. experience in Nashville. This is this I was entertained. Right. I wasn't just listening to a song that was played on the radio or something. I was listening to their version, like creatively done, and like I got to feel like I'm his friend or I'm this band's right. friend. Like it's yeah. It's a cool it's tough. There's so many barrels or, or hurdles to get over in the, in this industry. Mm -hmm. Um but fuck it, man. Like, be yeah. Crazy. I don't know, and I think that's I think that's the biggest thing, especially that drives me. You know, as I think about like, you know, like we've discussed, I've, I don't have I don't have a degree in anything. I don't have I've worked a million jobs. Yeah. 
like whatever odd job I could find that paid the bill at the time, I worked it, yep. you know? And, you know, I said, I do, I've worked some terrible jobs, just that jobs I hated getting up in the morning to go to, but it's all to chase that dream, you yes, know? It's, yes, sir. And it's, it, man, you know, you, you get some things that are going in your, in your direction and you're like, yo, bro, this, this is why I did this. You know, like the excitement that you feel, dude, when you release a new song or, or bro, and, it's, and sometimes it's not even about you. It's, it's like my experience with your song, the blue collar song, bro, scrolling through freaking TikTok, And I hear this dank ass song. I'm like, <laughs> bro, I love this. And like music excites you. And that's when you know, Hey, this is, this is. This is why I wake up at freaking four o'clock every morning to go to my day job that I hate. This is why I continue to do these things. It's because stuff like this, I want to write songs like this. I want to get good enough to do something like this. I want to be good enough to sing like that guy. You know, you you chase the dream while while bettering yourself, and that's why you do the crappy stuff to get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's and 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 that's and I I, I wish. I wish somebody would have taught me that when I first moved to Nashville. I wish I wish there was a not a blueprint because I don't want I I don't I don't ever want things to be handed to me, but I wish somebody would have said, "Hey, instead of playing on Broadway, go do writers rounds." Or instead of working two day jobs, save some cash, don't, you know, don't go buy that new truck, don't go do this. Work one job and go start writing with people. Because my first, dude, I feel like I wasted a lot of time my first year in Nashville. Because I played on Broadway and had a day job, making all this freaking money, bought a new truck, nah. rented a big house, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, but what I didn't realize was that, that kid that's only working the one job and is going to all these riders around and making all these connections, doesn't have a brand new truck, doesn't have all the flashy things, that, guy, that guy's going to make it. You know, and the next thing you know, there's freaking Michael Hardy or there's Drew Parker or yeah. whoever it might have been. You, you you see these writers like like Drew. Drew Parker is one of my favorite writers in Nashville. He worked at a hospital during the day and did writer's rounds. Started doing writer's rounds with freaking Luke Combs. Next thing you know, he's writing songs for Luke. Luke blows up. And now Drew Parker's got three number ones under his belt because, yeah. oh, hey, I met Luke Combs at a writer's round one night. We became friends. Next thing you know, kid blows up, and now I don't have to work a day job anymore because I'm making cash money off a freaking song that I wrote for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I wish someone would have told me that when I first moved to Nashville. Although nobody told you, you're telling somebody now. Right, right, 100%. That's the whole point of this podcast is like, if somebody wants not a blueprint like you said, but like some guidance of how this life being an entertainer in Nashville or being in being in the music industry, not just necessarily an entertainer, because there's a lot of of, of ends. Mm-hmm, but definitely, if just giving them that option of like, dude, it's make it easier on yourself instead of harder. Like, right. go this way instead. Right. Yeah, find out what your dream actually is. Yeah, and if you and look, if you if you enjoy playing the shows, you enjoy the, the Broadway thing was not my was not my scene for sure. Yeah, but if you enjoy that, freaking go do it for and do somebody it to the best is, of your yeah. ability. Yeah, 
Yeah. But that just the the Broadway. I'm not I'm not a great guitar player, so I struggled on Broadway a lot. I made I made damn good money on Broadway, mostly because of my voice. And then I would be like like when I would go play doubles with people, I'd be like, Hey, bro, do you know how to play this song? Hey, can you play this song for me? You know, like I'll slide you an extra ten at the end of the night or whatever. And you know, like I would I would make it work when I knew that I wasn't a great guitar player. Yeah. Um, but because of that, and because like, dude, someone came up to me, hey, uh, I request this song. Oh, well, I know the words to that, but I couldn't play it on guitar. You know, and I lost a lot of money doing that. You know, because I, I for whatever reason, these things and this thing don't always <laughs> match up a whole lot. So. Broadway wasn't for me. Now, if you're one of those dudes that can slash, or girls, because I know some very talented women on Broadway yeah. as well, if you're one of those guys or girls that can rip a guitar, or you know someone that's going to come and do it for you for super cheap, go play on Broadway. Go do whatever it is that makes you happy, but don't don't work Broadway and another job unless you just have to. Because having that personal time, not only for yourself, because music and Broadway and all those things, are, they're stressful. You know, like, you're you're constantly working. You might work two or three different, um, you know, slots right, a day, right. whatever mm-hmm. it is. But make time to decompress, to write, to you know, if you want to make it as an artist today, it's not just about the voice. There's a lot of people, you know, ten, twenty, thirty years ago that made it because they could sing a song and they would sing someone else's songs. Yeah. Nowadays, everybody writes. Every and they might not all be just fantastic at it but they're in a room with somebody somehow some way you know and i think that's a, a a great way to get noticed today is to be able to write to be able to sing and to know people if you want to make it in the music industry you have to know people to know people you have to get out don't meet tourists cuz tourists are going to drunk promise you a million things yeah you go <laughs> yeah. meet go meet locals go to demumbrian street Get in on writer's rounds. Meet those producers that are going to have a beer after they just got done producing Blake Shelton's freaking album on Music Row, whatever it might have been. Go meet those people. Go, you know, go and, and you're marketing yourself by meeting people and having a good time. You're losing some stress, but you're also getting to meet people that you're going to hang out with. Everybody in this town does music in some kind of way. Yeah. So go meet the people that can that might blow up. They might be the next whoever, or they might be the next drummer for your band, or they might they might be the the lead guitarist. Hey man, I don't have any money to pay you. Ah, bro, it's okay. We're boys. I'm gonna come play the show for free, and one day when you make it, you can pay me back. Yeah, you know, make those <clears throat> those kind of connections. You know, oh yeah, because that's that's the hardest part too. Is is you know, I, I have a lot of friends that play instruments, and I'm like, oh, man, you know, I want this full band show or whatever. And they play for a million people. You know, It's having those people that believe in you that will drop whatever to come play with you. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, I feel that. How did you get – so you went to school. Mm-hmm. You dropped out. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you decide or what was the process like moving to Nashville? So – I shouldn't say ten. I should say Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Not necess- Were you always in Manchester or no? So at first, when I first moved up here, I lived in Smyrna. It was me okay. and three other buddies that had a house in Smyrna. Yep. And then when me and my wife got married, we got an apartment in Murfreesboro. And I'm a country boy, y'all. I I've told him 
my hometown is 700 people big, if that. I hated Murfreesboro. <laughs> Bro, Murfreesboro was trash. There's so many people. And it's not that it's like, it's not that it's a dirty town or anything like that. There's just so many people. And bro, if I'm if I'm driving home from work and I'm having to sit in traffic for 45 minutes just to get home, nah, that ain't for me. You know what I mean? So that's when me and my wife moved out. You know, so we live about an hour and 15 minutes outside of Nashville now. So, but but yeah, so started Smyrna, then gradually went out a little more each time. You know? Yeah. But uh, but yeah, no. Um, moving to Tennessee was probably the hardest decision that I've ever made in my whole life. Um, my little brother and I were on the show American Idol. My brother made it really far. I only made it to, uh, like I got to go to LA, uh, Hollywood, Hollywood. Um, Noah made it to like the top 40 and he went all viral for his, you know, when he said something about, uh, alpacas or something like that. And he said, wig, he's the wig kid. That said wig to Katy Perry. Looks just like me, except without a beard. Um, I'd have you, to see, I'd you have, have to, to go see Google it. it. You have to just go Google yeah. wig kid from American Idol. And my brother's face pops right up. What she said? What did he say that? Uh, she, she got a wig. No, no, no. He said apparently the word wig means like you blew my wig off. You know, like word, like like when I say, oh man, word, that's cool. People in pop culture say wig, or they used to. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what yeah. it meant. So they were having a conversation while he was auditioning, and he goes, "Oh, wig." And then Katie said, "Did you just say wig?" And he's like, "Yeah." And you hear Luke Bryan, "Man, what does wig mean?" Yeah. You know. Like, <laughs> and so, but he literally got massively famous. They, like he has a. If you go on your phone and you go to gifts. Like yeah. gifts he's got gifts. his own gift. He's got his own gift, oh, dude. With his that's face when on you it. make it, bro. Man. Yeah, you know you made it when you're yeah yeah. That's legit. So so yeah so, but he made it real far on there and and then uh, I got to go do a few shows on tour with a guy named Charlie Farley. Um, he did like, he does like country rap. Um, his country rap wasn't really my thing, but he was a cool guy. He was from Arkansas as well. Just like I was. And so he was like, hey, man, come do a few shows with me. So I was like, all right, yeah. cool. And, uh, man, I went and did a few shows, and it was just like, bro, this is sick. Like You liked it? Bro. Was that I your first it. experience of doing, like, live shows? Yeah. 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 And, like, and traveling, you know, like. Now, I had played, like, some small time. My first show ever, the bar actually closed down. Uh, it was downtown Hot Springs. It was called the Craft Beer Cellar. Uh Funny story on how I got that show. There's a guy at our church that owned the bar. And so he had me come play at the bar. It was, and he used to do like a Bible study out of the bar too. It was actually oh, kind of cool. Yeah, but that's pretty, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I went and I played, you know, my first ever show at the Craft Beer Cell in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Uh, it was really cool, which is closed down now. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, I had my first little experience going out on the road. We went to, um, we went to Georgia and somewhere else. And I, dude, I just was like, bro, this is, I got to do this. So I worked three jobs um, before I moved to Tennessee just to save money. I was working as a bartender at said craft beer cellar because um, he let me have a job there after I played. <laughs> um, and then I was a waiter at Cracker Barrel. 
Um, Best food, man. Love Cracker Barrel, dude. Dude, it's so good. How before before we? How do they get their pancakes to have that nice crispy? Cooked on a griddle. Okay. So they they have this giant. It's the same griddle, you know that. Yeah. You know that they cook the bacon or whatever on, and they. But there's it. It tastes like there's like a little bit of extra sugar on the griddle, like. They put sugar down, then they slap it, and because the, there's just like nice crunch, but still soft. It's yeah, I do. I don't know. Cracker Barrel has the best pancakes, not not just not just of of, of restaurants. I'm talking the best pancakes. Period. They figured it out, bro, and they can it. replicate it over a restaurant. Yeah, no matter where you're at. I, I, I'm insane. sure it's something. I'm sure it's something in the mix. It's gotta be, you know, yeah. that they send out or whatever. I don't know. All I know is they had the batter in the little dollop things. Yeah. They'd have the griddle on. They'd put some butter on the griddle. Boop. You know, and dollop, it would spread. It cooks for a couple minutes. They flip it, and then they put it on a plate. But that's the best daggum pancake you, money can buy. So good. Dude. We go Whenever we go to Cracker Barrel, even still today, we're, we get out of there, and we're like, that, the price and the meal. The, the price is what gets it, bro. You can go in there, and you can buy... Uh, I, I'm fat, I know, but <laughs> I get the what, what is it the the uh oh gosh dang I can't even, it comes with like the steak it's the breakfast that comes with the steak uh, it's not like Uncle Sam's or like it's, something, something yeah so some, it's like yeah, yeah. the steak and the hash brown casserole and the biscuits and gravy in it and then I add a side of pancake I'm fat I know but I <laughs> add pancakes with that okay and uh, it's like the cowboy breakfast something anyway some, yeah. yeah yeah so. Bro, that whole thing is like thirteen dollars for all that, and I'm like, bro, that's you. You can't, you yeah. can't beat. No, that. you can't. <laughs> you can't beat that. Have you ever? Uh, I don't know if you worked there during this, but on DoorDash, they actually have a separate uh, list for pancakes. Where like you can't get, yeah, yeah, at least where we're from, you can't get like uh, like a fruity pebble pancake or like a rainbow pan or like a chocolate pancake, something like that. Yeah. Like something special. They have a specialty order pancake DoorDash, uh, where we're from. Cause my one guitarist, Matt used to work for DoorDash and he, he would be like, he would show us and like all these special pancakes that you would not know to order. And they're not on the list. Bro, that's dope. I didn't know that. So awesome, dude. Yeah, I didn't. And they're, didn't they're open. That. They're, I mean, again, this could have just been our specific one, but they're open different hours too. So it'd be like four a.m. or like, uh, like after hours of like where they close at nine or ten or whatever. It'd be like huh. open until twelve, where they're just making pancakes, like nothing else but pancakes. Dude, I've never heard of that, but I need to go to wherever you're from because that sounds absolutely amazing. They just have the best, man. Yeah, dude, that's dope. Dude, I, whenever I worked there, bro, I ate so many pancakes. I'm not even gonna lie, bro. Oh, those pancakes have been in the window for too long, oh, bro. They're mine, bro. Like I would, I would snatch them hoes quick, bro. Those were mine. It's 100%. so good, dude. So yeah. good. All right, so you worked that job, yeah. In, so in, bartender, waiter, and then I worked as a security guard at a nightclub uh, until it got shut down. Uh, well, mm. actually, I quit. I quit a little bit before it got shut down because. It was just not. It was. It was one of those. It was one of those kind of nightclubs where it was too dangerous for your own good, and I wasn't getting paid near enough for the danger that I was putting myself in. You yeah. know what I mean? 
Yeah. So I just went to him. I was like, hey, bro, this ain't, this ain't. Like, you know, I know I'm a big guy. I'm not scared to fight. It's not my favorite thing to do, but I'm not scared of it, you know. Yeah. People are intimidated by me, so I can kind of enforce the rules. I'm 6'5", you know. I'm tatted up, bro. Like, I can I can walk into a room and pretty much intimidate anybody if I need to. I'm a teddy bear kind of guy, though. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I'm a teddy bear kind of dude. Um, I was like, bro, I'm getting guns pulled on me, dog. Nah, that's, I don't want to be here anymore, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, I worked those jobs, um, played some shows here and there. Uh, this was in Arkansas? Yeah, or? yeah. Okay. So I would play like places in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and then Little Rock. Um, and yeah, dude. And then I, well, I guess technically I had four jobs, but this was, it was kind of the music thing. So yeah. a buddy of mine owned a DJ company. And I would go DJ some shows for him or weddings or whatever yeah. else. You know, it was kind of the music thing because, bro, I'm not going to lie, bro. I'd throw that karaoke on there and impress some people. You know, I'd pull out some Tennessee whiskey or whatever, <laughs> you know. And, but, I mean, I had a good time doing it. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah. So, dude, I saved money, saved money, saved money, saved money. Um, bought a four-door truck, loaded it down, and then I rented a U-Haul. And drove to Nashville. And that was, that I, I literally just, I called some buddies. And I was like, hey, y'all want to go? And then three weeks later, we were moving. Like. That's what's up. And it was, it was the biggest, um, it was the biggest leap of faith that I've ever taken in my whole life. Because, bro, if you, if you would have told me, because I've been here for almost four years now. So if you would have told me five years ago. That I was gonna leave my hometown to go to Nashville, Tennessee, I'd have told you you were a freaking idiot right then. There's no way, you know. And it was just like, you know, things happen, and 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 you know, you get to experience life a little bit. And on the move, like yeah. when you move, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it's, and then or even just right before the move, you know, things happen. You're like, bro, I I want to do this, and I can't do it here. Yeah, I, yep. I can't make it happen here, so I got to yep. go where I can make it happen. You know what I mean? If you want to hunt lions, you got to go where lions are. That's right. Yeah, dude. That's right, 100%. And so that was just, you know, like, and it was on a whim. You know, like I said, called some buddies. Three weeks later, we're moving. And uh, and it was, you know, it was, it was the... It was the most exciting thing I'd probably ever done in my life, bro. Like we pulled the U-Haul up to to that house, and I was just like, "This is it!" Oh my god! Did you bro. do sight unseen? No. So me and my buddy Justice, we drove up like the week before. So I, I'm talking to this the landlord. Yeah. And I'm like, "Hey, it's gonna be me and three buddies, yada yada yada," and uh. He was like, all right, yeah, yeah, man, uh, you know, come look at the house. I said, oh, shit, I didn't think about this. Like, that's seven hours away, you know? So I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, 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 we'll come look at the house. <laughs> so we drove, me and my buddy Justice, we got a hotel room. Cheap, bro. Dirty little hotel, too, bro. It was bad. I'm trying to save money. So yeah, dude, we, I get it. <laughs> so um, we go to... We go stay, the, dude. The air conditioner was broken up. <laughs> it was bad. So we go stay in this little hotel. We go look at the house. It wasn't like just the nicest house ever, but it was affordable. It was close to Nashville. 
And it was big enough for all of us to fit there. It had a living room, had a backyard, and you had, don't need it much. had a garage. Yeah, you don't need mm-hmm. much when you're that young. Like, yeah, you just, yeah, you just yeah. need some place. And all of us, you know, like none of us were married. Yeah. Um, nothing holding you back. No, yeah, nothing. yeah. Yeah, I get yeah. That. I get that. And so, yeah. And then, yes, bro, we just, I called the guy. I was like, hey, man, looks great. And this was before, like right before rent just skyrocketed everywhere. Bro, we only paid $1,200 for that house. Oh, man, what a beauty. Dude, it was amazing. 1200 bucks yeah. a month, four bedroom, three bath. It was sweet, dude. Yeah. And and then and that's that's why we ended up moving out though, is because at the end of our year lease, which me and you know, me and my wife well, it was my fiance at the time, but now she's my wife. Um, we were, you know, getting married and we were gonna get our own spot anyway, but um Yeah, the guy was like, Hey, if y'all wanna, you know, renew your rent, they're like, It's gonna be eighteen hundred bucks. Bro, you gonna move up six hundred dollars in a, a month? That fast? He was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And we're like, nah, bro. Not for this house. I can go get another house for 1800 bucks. It's a lot nicer than this, you know? So we moved out pretty quick. But What was the um, what was the driving force to get you into music? What was it that you picked up a guitar or somebody told you or something that made you go, yeah, I could, let's try this out? Bro, honestly, I think it's me, and I and I'll, I'll I'll explain. So like, my whole life, I wanted to play football. Yeah, I wanted to go to the NFL. Right, that's a dream. After that dream died, I did. I didn't want to. I didn't. I, I at it's weird, dude. It's weird. So at the same time, I wanted to be a small town homeboy for the rest of my life. But I wanted bigger things. Um, and this was at no fault to my, my parents or my grandparents or my family in any way. But, bro, we were poor growing up. And there was, I, I didn't, I, I never went without my needs. So I was yeah. I was fed, I was clothed, all that kind of good stuff. Um, but, the, you know, like there was just some things that, I wanted to be able to do for my kids in the future that my, my, it's not that my parents didn't want to do them for me, but they just couldn't, you know? And, um, I, I wanted to do those, to do those things. I, I knew I wasn't smart enough to, to make it as a doctor or, or, or whatever it might've been, um, that made, Multi millions of dollars a year, and I don't. I don't need. In, in in all honesty, music is not something I need to pay me multi millions of dollars a year. I want to do music well enough. Would I love to make multi millions of dollars a year? Of course, you know. Like I, I if if I can do it, if the good Lord allows, I'll be the the number one freaking country music singer that's ever lived, and I'll work my butt off to get there. But I think for me, the driving force of hey. I want music to work is because I want my wife to be able to stay at home to take care of our kids. And I want my kids to have, I'm not going to spoil them. I'm not going to give them everything they want, but I want them, I want them to live a life a little more comfortably than what I did. 
you know, and I think that that's my driving force. Um, but I also, I also have some big dreams and aspirations that I want, I want to do to kind of change the world a little bit. And I know that to do those things, I'm going to need a pedestal of a little higher than some farm kid from rural Arkansas. Um, one of my biggest dreams and goals whenever I make it big, um, I want to open up some kind of way. I want to open up a living complex, apartment complex, however you want to call it, but do affordable rent for single mothers and homeless veterans single or even single fathers, single parents with kids and homeless veterans. When my mom and dad got divorced, um, you know, there for a little while, me and my dad were not cool. So my mom, she was still in school. She was getting her degree. Uh, I was 15 years old. I had to become the man of the house there for a little bit, or at least that's what I felt like. And my little brother was there and I had to help provide. And I know how hard that is. And my mom was in school and trying to work a minimum wage job, you know, and she couldn't make ends meet all the time. And my grandparents stepped in and they did a lot for us. So for those parents that have those kids that can't make ends meet or that homeless veteran that, you know, put his life on the line so that I can sit here in this room and do this right here, or I can stand on a stage and sing these songs that I write, that man deserves to have a roof over his head or that woman deserves to have a roof over her head. And so I, I want to, I want to make it as big as I can make it, but if I can do multiple cities over the U S or whatever, but I want to make affordable housing. It's not, you know, I don't want it. It doesn't have to be section eight. It doesn't have to be labeled like that. I don't want anybody to look down on these people because they live there, but I want it to be something that they have a roof over their head. And I want to make it to where there's like in the main office, of the apartment complex, I want there to be a therapist. I want there to be a barber. I want there to be a way for, um, you know, have like job fairs, stuff like that, so that they can get their hair cut, look nice. Yep. <clears throat> make sure that they're all good up here so that they can, you know, provide to society. Society can take them in as, you know, a person that, you know, because, man, you deal with a lot of demons going through stuff like that. I've dealt with a lot of demons in my life. And I had to talk to some people about it, you know? So I want there to be someone that they can talk to. And then I want them to be able to get a job. Because this isn't permanent housing. I want this to be something where, man, they live here for 12 months. Hey, since the rent was so cheap, I was able to save money. Hey, now I'm going to buy a house. Or now I'm going to get a bigger, better apartment. You know, something to that extent. So, you know, those, those are the things I want to be able to go do. And I know that being a farm boy from rural Arkansas isn't going to get me there. You know what I mean? There's people outside of just my family that I want to provide for. So, dude, that is super sweet. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. Have you ever listened to ET, Eric Eric Thomas, the hip hop preacher? No, I don't dude, guess I have. You might, you might love him. He's yeah. fucking. He's awesome. You ever hear the? Uh, he he blew up on YouTube with uh, the story of the guru. Um, the guru. He's like, he said he's basically. Uh, it's like if you you won't. If you, oh, what was it, succeed as bad as you want to breathe. Like, yeah. if you don't need to, if, so 
the story is that this guru, um, this guy comes up to the guru. He's like, I want to know what you know. I want to I want to be as successful as you. He's like, okay, come out, meet me at the water. And I'm paraphrasing a bunch. And he takes his head, holds it underwater, and the guy's like trying to get up, trying to get up. And then he's like trying to get up. He's still trying. He lets him out of the water. And he said, hey, when you're in that water, what do you want to do? He's like, I want it to breathe. It's like, until you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, you won't make that's it. That's dope. And I, I th- but he's, that's how he blew up. But he was, um, he, he's got a lot of sweet things, dude. Uh, but he was saying, he grew up in Detroit, super poor. He was homeless. Uh, his story is amazing. And he was saying, why, he, he's like, he had this opportunity. He's like, what is it going to be? Like, are people going to make, are people going to look at me differently because now I'm making a lot of money influencing other people? Like, you know, being an inspiration and, and you doing these talks and giving all this information. And he's like, something told me, this is him. He's like, something told me that it let yourself, like let the world, let yourself uh, accept these gifts. Because when you can make billions you can help way more people than when you had millions. Right. And I was like, that, it just makes more sense. Bro, that's sense. dope. That just yeah. gave me chills, bro. Yeah, that's just like, And that's the whole idea behind it, you know, is... You're selfless, and, and it's a good place to be. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong. I totally want to be there with you. But remember, you got to make sure your cup's full first because right. you can't feed others in, until yours... Right, right. Which it'll happen. It'll happen. But I remember I got really sidetracked because... I was in the military, and when I got out, I, you know, with music, I wanted to really help, you know, vets. And, you know, I got so lost down this road of trying to do everything I could for them, I forgot to do anything for me. Right. And it's like, I can't do anything if nobody's going to know my name. So, like, if I don't get my music or my songs or myself out there, nothing I do for you is going to be really worth it. Right. And we're just wasting time. For sure. But it, it it comes from a selfless place, and it's super sweet. And I I hope you get it. I think it'll be great. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know, it's just you know, because my older brother, um, he is. I always mess this up. He's a he's a marine, but yeah. he got out of the marines, you know, a few years ago. He's not an ex marine. He's always a marine. Yeah, yeah. I always mess yeah. that up. But so that's because that's all when when you know you get a marine. And that's all they want to talk about is being. Yeah. It's like, it's like I get it. You have no other skill set. That's yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah. No, I, I joke. I joke. But yeah. yeah. So what branch were you in? Army. Army. Gotcha. Yeah. So my dad, my dad was an army. Um. So my dad was an army. My older brother's marine. Um. Uh. My best friend from college is in the navy right now. So I have, uh, and then my cousin was in the army. Um, and so I have all these people that, you know. Not only have they invested in my life, but they obviously invested in 350 million people's lives in the U.S., you know? And it's because of them, not only is not only is it because of them that I have the life that I have personally, you know, with those people that I know, but because of all the others that I get to do what I do every day, yep. you know? And, and so, to, I mean, even to you, thank you. You know, like, if if it wasn't for those people, you know, I, 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 I can't do anything in this life. I'm free because of those things. And, you know, there's, 
there's no there's no way I can sit here and pay pay that back, um, other than helping. You know. Yeah. You know. Or living the best damn life you can. Exactly. One hundred percent. Dude, is yeah. Yeah, we uh, it was actually really cool. I played a show at Common John's Brewing Company, um, in Manchester, Tennessee, and um, the hurricane, you know, had just happened yeah. or was going on, and so I put out a bucket and um, we, th- you know, I did a tip jar, and I I did all the proceeds to um, to some veterans, uh, companies that I've teamed up with, but also to to hurricane yeah. relief, bro. I have never seen so much money at a small show like that. Get put in a bucket. It was dope, and we got to send all. It was like six hundred, six hundred, seven hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah dude. Awesome. it was. It was awesome. So, but I mean, it's just you know, it's things like that that really humble you. You know, as a country music singer, like these people are sitting here. They came tonight here to listen to me, but because of because of who I you know, and I don't want to say it's because of who I am, but at the same time. Because of who I am as an artist, they came out, and then other people's lives are going to get touched because of that, you know. And and that, I think that's the whole goal. That's that's why that's why I want to make it in country music for yep. my family <clears throat> and for the people's lives that I can change, you know. Yep. Whether it be I start up a start up a scholarship fund or whatever whatever it might be, you know, yep. to change someone's life. That's the ultimate goal, dude. If we were doing it for ourselves, we would we just be playing in our bedrooms exactly like we're exactly we're trying to change the world yeah and it's in a selfish and a selfless way you know have you do you watch rick and morty no bro i've never watched it i need to though i've been told it's, i need to watch it it's very very funny and this new uh this new episode you know how people do this like uh like self-righteousness piece they do it like kind of uh what's the word uh, kind of like snobbyish, like they're they'll do something, knowing that they're gonna get praised. They only do it for the praise, right, 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 right. That's and it's about all this. It's like that. It's the last episode was about okay, well, just do it, like do it, but don't like make uh like if you're gonna do it, do it, but don't do it for the praise, right, like, right, right. Do it because you want to do it and. Yeah, you know, no, it was it's very funny. You, yeah, uh, that's why that's where what I my mind related to. It yeah, right I've now. got a uh, I've got a long sleeve shirt on right now, so I can't show you, but I've got a tattoo on the inside of my arm, um, and the, it says the cause is hidden, but the results well known. Yeah, and that's how that is, and in Latin it's "causa uh, latet vies notissimo." That's what it means, and it's you know I, I want, you know, like you just said, like from that show, like I want people to see the effects yep. of the things I do, but I don't necessarily want them to know it was me that did it. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. that's that's dope. I, I like that. Fuck yeah. So you, you moved to Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when did you start? Like, what was your what was your first Nashville moments? Like, where you're like, first, I need to get a job. Yeah. I'm well, assuming. So I actually transferred Cracker Barrels. So I had a Hell job yeah. set up right off the rip. Um, but no, my first, so <laughs> I know this is going to sound goofy as hell to a bunch of people, but I had never, I had never seen a big city before. Nah, yeah, yeah, I get it. So, I mean, I went to St. Louis a couple times with my Sounds fraternity, yeah, yeah. but I didn't actually get to go into the city. Right. Oh, so okay. I wanted to go 
see the big city. I yeah. wanted to go see it. So my first night, dude, we, we started driving that freaking U-Haul truck at 6 a.m. Got to the house at like 1. It's about a seven-hour drive. And then we unloaded as much as we could by like 6 o'clock. So we're sitting on the couch that we just put in the living room, dude. Me and my buddy Justin are laid back. We're like, you know, like, we're tired, bro. And he goes, want to go to Broadway? And I was like, yeah. So we go upstairs, shower, trim up the beard, bro. At the time, I'm single. So, you know, we're looking spiffy, you know what I mean? And uh, we were like, so do we drive there? Like, and he was like, well, I think you have to pay to park. And I was like. You gotta pay to park? Uh, I've never been in a city where you had to pay to park. He's like, I think so. I was like, bro, that sounds ridiculous. I'm sure you don't have to pay to park. <laughs> yeah. So we drive. <laughs> bro, you gotta pay to park. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, what is this? So we pay and it dude, it's like it's like the last week of May. So it's right as summer started. So the prices are god awful. Dude, it was sixty bucks for us to park. And I, I looked at Justice and I was like, Bro, let's just turn around and take the truck back and Uber. <laughs> so that's what we did. We drove all the way back to the house and we Ubered. Yeah. To to Broadway. So we get out there, man. We hop out to Uber. And, bro, I'm standing in the middle of the street, which I didn't get to see, obviously, the street when we drove up there the first time. So I'm standing in the middle of Broadway. You know how on the weekends and stuff, they'll block it off. Yeah. And I'm just like, I see the Batman building, AT&T. See all these giant buildings. I'm like, this is awesome. This like, this is what it's all about, you know? And so I'm standing there, and he's like, bro, we got to go to a bar. I was like, yeah, bro, we got to go to a bar. So we, first bar I ever walked into in Broadway was... Hold on. Let me guess. All right. I'm going to say, was it, was it, um, was it big? Yes. Old Red. Right across the street. Oh, what's across the street? Luke Bryan's. Luke Bryan, okay. Damn. So, we go in Luke Bryan's. I see the big Chevy truck hanging off the wall. Yeah. I'm like, bro, what is this, <laughs> yeah. dude? And the bottom floor is packed. I was like, dude, there's not a spot for us to sit. And he was like, I think that's the point. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. So, he was like, oh, it says you can go upstairs. I was like, upstairs? In a bar? Like, that's awesome. What is oh this? My God, yeah. So we go all the way up to the rooftop, and I'm like, bro, I can see the whole street. Dude, I'm I am touristing the hell out. Like, dude, it's crazy. So he's like, bro, let's go buy a beer. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I walk off, you know, go back, go over to the bar, and uh, of course I asked for a bush lot. They didn't have bush lot at the time. Now everybody just about has bush lot on, on Broadway, but at the time... They didn't have any. And so I was like, oh. And she's like, you want like cheap beer? And I was like, yeah, yeah, cheap beer. And so she hands me a tall boy PBR. I was like, word. Eight dollars. I was like, what? <laughs> what? what? What is this? I was like, eight dollars. I could buy a six pack of PBR for eight bucks. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. So that was, that was, dude, it was a culture shock, bro. I yep. freaked out. And, uh, but we did that first night. I was like, dude, I've been saving all this money. Dude, I had saved like 15000 you know, just specifically to move. Um, and so, you know, I had a little bit of money and, and I had never had that 
you know, growing up. So, I, you know, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I spent way too much money that night. Good thing we took the Uber because we got plastered, you know, and then, you know, we went back to the house. And the other two guys that were moving in with us, they came like a couple nights later. Um, so then all of us got set up. And yeah. I think the first, like, other than Broadway, I mean, that was like Nashville City moment. My first, like, as an artist Nashville moment was once all of us got moved into the house. We're sitting in the kitchen. We had just cooked dinner. And uh, my buddy Zach Hatton grabs a guitar, and he starts playing this little riff. I was like, "Oh, bro, that sounds good. Like, what if we said this?" And then the next thing you know, all four of us are sitting in this kitchen writing a song. And I was like, "Bro, this, this is, is it. This yeah, is like it. this yeah. is it." And so, me and me and Zach, we dude, we wrote, dude, we've probably wrote twenty, twenty five, thirty songs that are really good that. Man, neither one of us have played in a long time. And we've released, like, like my song, uh, What You Say, I wrote with Zach Hatton. Um, Wouldn't Be Me, I wrote with my wife and Zach Hatton. Um, so me and him, like, I guess being roommates, we had a really, like, you know, close relationship when it came to writing songs and stuff. And Dude, we wrote some bangers, bro. Um, and so that was, I guess that was my first, like, Oh hey, look! I'm a writer in Nashville now. You know, like that was that was that first moment for me. You know, those are those, yeah, those are shit. You look back and you're like, fuck, like, yeah, we're here, yeah, we're, we're oh, doing it. And then it. like, uh, you know who Blaine Howard is? You ever heard that name? So he's a writer. So. Um, he's a writer here in in Nashville. He's also from Arkansas. And uh, he had he had a big cut a few years ago, and then he also had a song hit like. Massive amounts of streams, and the music video actually made it on CMT. Oh, sweet! Yeah, so he, you know, he was kind of making it, and he was not kind of making it. You know, he made it. You know, and uh, I reached out to him on social media, and I was like, "Hey, like, can we get a ride?" And he was like, "Yeah, bro, like, you're from Arkansas. Let's let's do one." And so it was the first time I met. We met at the um, ASCAP. Oh, we got an ASCAP room. That was my first time I had been in one of those rooms. Yeah. Bro, sick dude. Did he? Was he writing for ASCAP or like how? Did... Uh, I guess he must. He's the one that got the room. So, oh, word. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I guess he. I don't. Um, I don't really know. I don't, dude. I don't even know if he's signed or. I'm sure he is, but I don't even know who he signed with or anything like that. But yeah. he got us a room. And, Damn. Yeah, bro. It was it was sick. So, but yeah, I got to go up in one of those rooms and. You know, we're like looking over the city of Nashville while we're writing this. Like, bro, this is this is sick. So that was another really cool. It's yeah. awesome what uh, this world, <clears throat> what this industry can give you if you let yourself have it. Because a lot of times, your biggest hurdle is you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just gotta, you just gotta let yourself be like, I deserve this. This is where I need. This is where I should be. For sure. It's and that, and that's hard, bro. It that's is hard. Like. Sometimes you're scared of your own success. Yes. Because of the change yes. that it will bring. Yes. You know, like, you know, I got to share with you some stuff the other night, and I can't, I can't go into a whole lot of detail yet, but, you know, like, there's some things that have been, that have been going on, you know, recently with my music and stuff, and, you know, every time something happens, or you get a phone call from a person that you never thought yeah. that you would ever talk to, you're just like, bro, did that actually happen? Like, I'm not that good. Like, there's people that have been here longer, like... You think about think about people like Haley Witters. Yeah, you know she was she was in town for what eleven years or something like that before she got her shot. I've been here for four, you know. And then you get 
you get these little talk, you know, these phone calls or these meetings with these big companies, and you're like, already? Like, is this for real? You know, are you sure you guys want to talk to me? You know, and it's, you know, and people take it. It's a lot, I feel like a lot, it's weird, but I feel like a lot of times people take it as like, oh, he knows he's good, but he's just playing around. And I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of people that I know when they get that chance and they act like that, dude, it's, it's honest to God, just true humbleness, you know, like, you know, cause there's, like we've said before today, there's so many talented people in Nashville. It's you know, the, you it's the instance that you can change because you realize that like that phone call that you're getting takes you from here to right. here. And you're like, you're like, I didn't see this coming at all. Right. You know, that's yeah. It's just a shock. Yeah. It's, I don't know, man. It's so crazy, and that's and that's one thing, you know, is you know, as as a up, you know, up and coming artist, or as as someone that's trying to get there, you know, like you take you take you take everything with a grain of salt, because when whenever I first, I hope this guy doesn't listen, which we're not friends <laughs> on any social media, so screw him, I guess. I won't say his name, but when I first moved up here, I had this guy that came to me, he was like, "Man, I believe in you. You have a talent." Blah, 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 blah. And he said, go record an album. I will pay for it. I said, all right, dude. I, I trusted this man, 100%. Go to the studio, picked out 10 songs, gave it to the producer. Uh, another thing, I guess, just a blueprint moment. Nashville artist, if you're trying to find a producer, not super expensive, um, that does a great job. Y'all holler at my boy Nick Givens. Fantastic. Very talented. Um, anyway, you can find him on my social media stuff. Anyway, so go to my producer, Nick. And I'm like, hey, bro, this guy says he's going to sponsor this album. I need 10 songs. These are the 10. What do you think? He's like, well, I don't, you know, these two, I think you, you can do something better. So I went, had some writing sessions, found two more to replace those that he didn't necessarily like. And at the end of the day, I was like, man, that was a smart move, you know? So I get I nail down ten songs. We go, we're gonna record. Uh, we bring studio band in. The whole project was gonna cost me like fourteen thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. I didn't have that. So first day that we're in there, the guy says what he's gonna do. He pays for that whole first day. Like it was like five grand. Pays it right then. All right. So then I go in, put all the vocals in. We get a background vocal person. They come in, do all the BGVs for the whole, for the whole project. Um, we get everything done. The only thing we haven't done yet is send them out to mastering. My producer says, "Hey, bro, before I send it to mastering, I gotta have the money." One hundred percent. I completely understand that. So I holler at this guy, ghost me, and I was like, "Hey, bro, you know." Need the money? Like, are we still good? And I, I just talked to a dude like two weeks before, and he said he was gonna send me the money one day. Never did. I was like, hey, bro, like I'm at the studio. I can't move forward until you get the money. Doesn't talk to me for like months. So finally, did a GoFundMe. A lot of people from my hometown helped, and then I had a sponsor. And I'm telling you right now, if it wasn't for these people, I probably wouldn't still be in town because I would owe someone a whole lot of money. Um, this, uh, outdoor company called happy hooker. 
out of Ohio. They're one of my biggest sponsors. They, they're like family now. No, not not even like they are family now. Like these people are amazing. They handed me a check for four grand, mm. and said, mm. "We believe in you. Go do it." So they paid off the album, and uh, obviously, if y'all go on Spotify or Apple or whatever, my album "Hey Papa" is there. Um, that's the album I'm talking about. But it's just like, you know, a lot of times you have to you have to take everything with small steps in this town because a lot of people tell you they believe in you, and a lot of people say you're talented, and you may know that you're a decent singer or a decent songwriter. But you have to take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah. There's yeah. snakes everywhere, dude. Everywhere, bro. Every fucking where. Everywhere. Like, and I, you know, you never expect it. You know, it's it's not something that you're just like, oh, this is gonna happen to me. You know what I mean? And you you feel if you're a genuine person, you you kind of give people the benefit of the doubt sometimes. Instead of knowing it another blueprint or whatever you want to call it moment is don't be afraid of to super check out the person. Bro, a freaking men. Don't be 100%. afraid because if they're legit, they're not going to have any problem showing you they're legit. 100%. And if they're not, if they're not, don't fucking, don't, don't fucking run. Fucking just be like, no, thank you. I appreciate it. Because there's so many other people that are going to, that have that same job or whatever, they'll talk to you. But if they cannot show you, get all the details too. Like, if you're supposed to go record for X amount of dollars, figure out how many start, finish, how many edits you get, how many fucking whatever it is, and and get a contract. It doesn't matter. Contract. 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 Yes. I didn't have a contract with that guy. I played a massive show uh, about a year and a half ago. Huge show. Did a whole lot from my music career. Um, got to meet guys like Hardy, Ernest, um, you know, Tyler Braden, all this really cool stuff. And the contract that they sent to me was not signed by them. I didn't know. They didn't sign it. So when I signed it, it still didn't mean anything. Did not get paid for that at all. No way. Bro, serious. So contract... Contract, 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 contract. If you do anything worth anything in this city, sign a freaking contract and make sure that the version they send to you is signed by them first. I learned that the hard way. Contract, contract, contract. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's, uh, man, we could go into some snake stories. But just hey. watching, watching out for snakes, and no matter what, too, no matter what level you're at, there's gonna be that. There's gonna be people oh, yeah, that are 100%. trying to get money from you, or trying to do something, or you know, they're disingenuous, mm-hmm. um, and it happens. Yeah, it happens. So you move to Nashville, uh, you find this guy, and uh, that you you record this album, mm-hmm. and um, how long ago was that? Uh, so I actually released a single with a different person, uh, Dirty Water. Um, sounds all right. It's not my favorite. Um, wasn't very well produced. Well, the music is very well produced. The vocals, we could have done a little bit better on. Yeah. Um, so then I met Nick at a bar on Demumbrian after he got off work, cutting somebody's album. And he was like, hey, bro, like, let me help you. You know, I want to be able to help. So I was like, word. 
So then we re- I released a single with him called Home. Um, and that was actually my first song to ever hit independent radio, which was stupid cool. Um, you know, like someone sent me a video one day, like, hey, bro, your song's on the radio, and I didn't believe Oh, that's them. sweet. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. awesome. So um, we got like a hundred and some odd independent radio stations across the U.S. to play this. So it was, wow. it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty dope. And so I released that with him. It was a great first, like, very well paid for song. You know, like the first person, dude, I paid him like 400 bucks. So I got, I got what I paid for. Yeah. So I paid a little bit more for this song, but it sounded great. And it, it did very well, you know. Um, and so then we make the album. And a week after we cut um, just tracks, after we did tracks, uh, COVID hit and shut everything down. That album was supposed to be out in like July of 2020. And it didn't get released until like December of 2020. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like they wouldn't let me in to come do vocals or anything. Obviously, you know, so it took, it. It, took yeah. a, it took a lot longer to get it done than what we were planning. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because we cut and we cut tracks in like January or February, and then the whole city of Nashville shut down like literally two weeks later. Um, but yeah, so twenty twenty we released my album Hey Papal, um, which it it did decently well, you know. Um, and then did you release it by yourself, or like did you have uh, like some PR company with you, or? And I released it. I just released it through Disho Kid, which I didn't really at the time. I didn't really know what I was doing, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so it wasn't until after the album, which even without a PR company, and it didn't hit any playlist on Spotify, still did pretty well. Yeah. Um, but then after that, bro, we we recorded, uh, hit the bar, and we had a PR company come in. Um, I had some money put into marketing. Um, pitched it to Spotify, pitched it to Amazon, did all that. Um, and that was my first song to like blow up, you know, like that was my first song to, to hit a playlist on Spotify. Um, it's been my first song to hit over a hundred thousand streams. Um, so that's that, and that would do, that was the moment, bro. That was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I yeah. freaking dig country music, you know? Oh Yeah. And so we released Hit the Bar, um, and then we released Little One, um, which is a sappy, sad song, but it did very well. We did the same thing with PR companies, got on some playlists, stuff like that. And then then I was on fire, which that was, so I released the whole album in 2021. Those are the only two songs I released that year. Um, I was having a really hard time just kind of figuring it out. And then after Little One happened, um, man, I just had some stuff in my personal life happen. And um, and then uh, the jobs that we were, that my wife and I, we were, we were working were extremely stressful. Um, and it just, it, it really, um, it really hurt my uh, mental health a whole lot. And so we went to the studio, we cut five songs, um, and I was like, man, I, I'm not feeling this anymore, you know? 
it went from like this high of the roller coaster to like, dude, I'm in the valley. You know what I mean? And um, we released the first song that of those five, and dude, it didn't do anything. We paid the money for the PR. We paid the money for uh, whatever else, marketing, and it, it didn't do anything. I think we had like 5,000 streams in like three months. And I was like, bro, that's piss poor. You know, like that is, that's terrible. And I, I called my mom. I was in tears one night. I was like, I'm moving home. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to put, I'm not going to put my wife through this anymore. You know, I've, I've spent all this money, all this time. And I'm not getting anything back. I'm done. I'm done with country music. And then, uh, man, my boy on TikTok, if y'all go find him on TikTok, his name's Radio Rod on TikTok. Um, but his name's Rodney Smith, man. One of the most genuine people I've ever met in my life. And bro, dude just dude just loves country music, right? So we're on a live. He's on a TikTok live on his page. And I just commented on it and said, hey, go check out my new song Daddy Did. And he pulled it up on his live. I didn't know dude from Adam, didn't know any kind of connections that he had. And the next thing you know, he's playing this on his live and he's jamming it. Well, then it's, oh, well, now we're going to listen to the rest of Zach's music. And then he, bro, he called me up one day and he was like, hey, come play this show. Just trust me. And that, that, that show that I played for him. And like I said, I can't go into a whole lot of detail right now and we'll get on another podcast and I'll, I'll love to explain everything once everything goes down. But, that show for me changed my life. You know? That was recently. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like <clears throat> like three months ago now. And I I literally went from, hey mom, I'm moving home to Hey mom, I'm gonna be up here a little bit longer. Yeah. You know, like and it it just it literally it flipped my it was the biggest blessing ever. And that that one guy has he's man he's changed my whole world. So it's yeah. cool how it works like that, bro. Dude. It's and it's man. It's like we were talking at you know at Tin uh, at Tin Roof the other yep. night, man. The moment that you think you're ready to give up is usually if you just hang out for a little longer, bro. Just just a tad bit longer, bro. Something will come along. And that's the thing, man. It's like. You know, to anybody that might ever hear this, bro, if you, whatever your dream or aspiration is, just like you said earlier, you need, need to want it as bad as you want to breathe. And, you know, if there's going to be times when you go through the gutter, I, I've never gone through the gutter in my life. That That's the thing. Like, other than, you know, when I got hurt, I went through the gutter with that when I couldn't play ball anymore. But I was, I was, I was a good football player. I was a good kid. So my whole life, you know, was centered around those two things, and I was good at it. You know, I I I never, I never got cut off a football team. You know, I never didn't make the baseball team. Whatever it was, I had always succeeded. Yeah. You know, and so then to, then to get somewhere, bro, and experience. And I I felt like it was a big thing to have my first experience of failure too. Like. 
the first thing I felt that I had failed at was the biggest thing that I had ever tried. I had just moved seven hours from home to chase the biggest dream that you can chase, a fame and fortune in music and entertainment, and I failed. And you read the statistics, oh man, only 1% of people make it, or whatever it might be. And you're like, man, I'm part of the 99 that's just not good enough, you know? And it's it's all about, bro, especially especially in Nashville, or even L.A., Atlanta, you know, New York, wherever you are, these big cities where you are living the dream, it's there's one person that's got to hear it. That's it. You could you could have two hundred thousand other people that don't give a rip about you or your music, hear your song, but ah, you know that's pretty good. But it takes that one person that knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that gives a rip about you, that gives a rip about somebody succeeding in life. You know that just there it is. It's right there. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy how it all works, bro. So you talked about <clears throat> chasing a dream, living a dream. One of the last questions that I ask is, Zach Davis, what does living the dream mean to you? Ooh. Ooh. Um, living the dream, man. To me, when I say I'm living the dream right now, I am I'm happy. You know, the the dream, the American dream, the dream of music, the dream of whatever it might be, it doesn't matter what dream you're chasing if you're not happy. I am married to the most beautiful woman I know. She's my best friend. And we are going through this life together on the seat of our britches. I make great friends all the time. I have I have some of the best, like my core friends, my brothers, my family, and then my actual family. I have, man, God blessed me with the best family that God could bless somebody with, the most supportive people. Um, and I, dude, I get to, I get to do stuff like this, bro. I get to go on social media and meet guys like you, come in here, write a badass song, and then sit and just talk about life, bro. Yeah, dude. Th- this is this stuff right here. Yeah, I've got a cool day job, whatever. My day job's pretty easy. They pay me decently well, whatever. But it's on my days off like this where it's just like, bro, like this this is the dream. You know, like being happy, talking about your dreams, your aspirations, and doing the things that you love to do, whatever that is, that, that's, that's living the dream. And man, yeah, I'm seven hours from home, eight hours from home, whatever it is. Um, and one day, hopefully, I'm a big enough country music superstar where I get to do it from Royal Arkansas. That's that's the goal, and that's the you know, that's that's the final stage is being big enough to move back home to the compound. That's what we call it because we have this the the farm. My mom has a house on the farm, and my papa has a yeah, house yeah, on the yeah. farm. <laughs> so I want to move back to the compound and do it from there. You know, and yeah. and. And that man, that's that's living the dream right there, brother. That's you know, I'm succeeding, I'm happy. I I know um I know at the end of the day that you know, my wife has my back, I've got hers. My family has my back, I've got theirs. And I've got a lot of really close people that in times of need they can provide at, at at any point in time. And that's 
even if I never make it big, even if I never become a country music superstar, hell, even if I if I only make it in Nashville one more year and then, hey, it's time to go home, those people are still going to love me just as much as I love them. And that's the dream right there. Zach, I'll be honest, man. This has probably been the coolest um, interview so far. Like, you're, you're very in tune with where you're at where you came from like you know you just got a good vibe and you're you're good to talk to and if anybody was starting out this is what i would want them to watch oh for sure yeah because you go you go through so much and you explained it all very very well very very well oh i'm glad that you had me on bro i've had a blast hey man like you said like you're talking about getting back i got your back man you're you're fucking you're an awesome dude and I'm happy for you. Yeah. So it's 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 gonna be cool to see for where sure. you, where and you we, go. Man, we gotta keep writing too, bro. That song we wrote. Today, I don't mind at all. Bro. I love it. Yes. And um, man, and that's the, and that's the cool thing too is you get to build relationships and meet people like like you, you know. And then and once somebody out of the out of your friend group or somebody makes it, you know, you get to you get to say, oh hey, look, I'm gonna write with this guy named Garrett. Y'all need to hear his stuff. And you, that's the cool part is helping other people grow. You know that are chasing the same. Dream, There's so know? much love. Here's the thing: uh, we came. I came from Pennsylvania. All right, where the scene was big enough to be medium sized. Yeah. Right. There's a, and I uh, before that, before I was, uh, before I pursued music, I did a lot of other shit, and I had this. I had a worldview, and I'm not saying I was. I knew everything, but I was like, I knew well enough that. This isn't. We're not. We're not competing against each other. Right. 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 Like we're we're supposed to be. There's plenty enough to have us all eat. You know. For sure. Yes. And we could work together. And I tried so hard to make to make that happen. To have people work with me every time we'd have a show. If it was at a venue that somebody that I knew other people didn't play, I'd be like, Hey, come open up for us. Get your foot in the door. Yeah. Like do little shit, like promote together, do different shit. And it was such a battle because they all thought, and that's nobody wants to do that, bro. For anyone, for anyone, just how it is. But when you realize that as as much as you want to make sure you're, you know, you're taking care of yourself, like there's enough, if you're putting in the work, all right, you're going to take care of yourself. For sure. But there's enough work and there's enough love and there's enough money for everybody to be happy. 100%. If you stop fighting and worrying about, man, fuck Zach. Zach got this thing. Fuck that. Yeah. Stop <laughs> focusing your energy on that. Be like, man, I'm very happy for Zach. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully I can write a song or hopefully we can, like, because what's songwriting all about? Like the most successful songwriters, whatever, they're going to tell you, like, all you do is you just write with your friends. yeah. You know, you're just writing songs with your friends, and then eventually, like you said, Luke Holmes takes off. Yeah. Or, or somebody yeah, takes exactly. off. Yeah, exactly. And now yeah, you're yeah. part of that grind. Like, it, it is what it is. Like, if you can remember that and just trust the process, trust the work that you're putting in, and you have nobody else to blame but yourself. Right. That's really, like, that's all it is, dude. It's that's just writing sure. with friends and, and, and making it live in life. For sure. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on. And, anytime. Uh, anytime. Anybody listening, it's Zach Davis Music, right? Yep, yep. That's me. Uh, I think. Yeah, it's the same across yeah. all platforms. So. And um, what you got? You got anything coming up, like big show wise? Not like in the next week. This will air next 
this coming Monday. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I guess I can say it. It's going to be a minute before it airs, right? So, uh, I got invited to play my first show at the Bluebird. Oh, sweet, dude. Yeah, dude. You got invited to do yes. it? Yes. Dude, that's excellent. Yes. So, I'm playing. Um, I, I, I'm not going to put it on my socials. Until the tickets go live and right. stuff like that. And it'll be a couple of weeks because it's in November. Uh, but yeah, I got invited to go play the Bluebird. Let me so. know, dude. I'd love to like try and fucking beat all the other people for tickets. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, as soon as the tickets go live, I'll let you know about it. Please. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. All right, y'all. Love you. Bye. Thank you, Zach. Yes, sir.